Welcome to Everyday Dadding. We're on season three, episode two. It's lovely to have you back. The fact that you've come back is a great delight to us. Uh, and we thank you for that. So uh, my name's Robin, and I'm one of your hosts uh, for this particular podcast, along with my friend. Uh, I'm Ben. I'm over here. And I guess it may be that people haven't come back. They may have stumbled across this for the first time by mistake. Um, uh, and you're very welcome. Um, you're very, very welcome. We Our, our aim here is simply to... Well, to walk, for you to walk with us through our stumbles and our errors and our the thing, the gold that we discover uh, on how to be a dad and, uh, and and what to do about that. We we deliberately try to make these twenty minutes long, uh, so that your rediscovered commute that you've all restarted since lockdown is uh, is full of 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 banter and joy and and uh, and other such things. Um, but. Before we get going on today's topic, uh, we always start with the dad joke. And Ben, it's your turn to give us a dad joke uh, today. Yeah, well, very topical with uh, you know COP26 drawing to a close this weekend. Um, uh, you know, solar power, uh, I feel, is definitely the way forward. Uh, but warning, it's uh, not going to happen overnight. Hey, I don't get it. Very good. There we Thank go. you for that one. Pleasure. So... Um, this episode, we're going to be talking about bedtime stories uh, and why we do them, what we do, you know, how how we kind of go about them. Uh, I love bedtime stories. One of the highlights of my day is reading a story uh, or multiple stories often before bedtime. Do you have the same experience, Ben? And um, not as often as you, by the sounds of it. I mean, it's, talk about your what's your what's your routine, your pattern. Are you an, an everyday story timer? Uh, I wish I wish I was. I think that it's very easy for it to get squeezed out, uh, as particularly as the children get older. I think this is quite an interesting one. Um, so as the children get older and they take up more, you know, clubs and swimming and you know all kinds of things, it, it inevitably gets harder to to do it. We try and aim for kind of seven o'clock each night uh, when we can, sitting reading a few stories. Uh, and I think what's what's interesting is. Um, as my children have got older, some have grown out of it and others haven't. Mm. And I find, I find that quite, quite interesting. Uh, so with our 13-year-old at the moment, we're still, he's still keen to, to read a story. Um, and it's just the stories have grown with him, much like uh, Aslan grew with Lucy. Yeah, so, I was gonna, so do you read um, with your children separately or all together? Um, a bit of a mix. Uh, so I have one story on the go with my youngest and a story on the go with the two middle ones. And sometimes I'll sit in on the youngest um, and sometimes the youngest will sit in with the middle ones, but but less often. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do it that way. How do, you, how do you go about doing it? So, I mean, so our, um, our kids are pretty close together in age. Um, so we've always done it. Uh, when, when we have done um, done story time, um, it's been all together. Um, I think in recent, uh, probably in the last six months to a year, we've done less. Um, it, I, I think we were pro- we were probably um, uh, better at doing it, or, or it was just a more frequent thing. Um, 
uh, a year ago. I think it's something we're trying to get back into. Um, uh, and they tend to enjoy it. Mm. Um, yeah. Do you do you share it with your wife or is it a dad thing? Uh, no, it's, it's a, yeah, a sharing thing. Because often it might be if one of us is out in the evening or um, uh, and it will be, <clears throat> yeah, whoever whoever's around. Um, uh, That's I think, interesting. Yeah. Because I, I, it's very much... It's it's a dad job in this house. It's kind of you know just someone I've taken on, and 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 I think when you do the longer stories, actually, I don't want to share them. You know, this is this is the story that we're going through at the moment, and uh, and and you know I don't want to miss a chapter, kind of thing. I, that's how excited I get. But wh- why do you, why do we do it? Why do you read bedtime stories uh, in your family? Uh, to shut the kids up before they go to bed. <laughs> is it purely a kind of pragmatic? Yeah. Let's have some calm down. Well, well, yeah, I mean, that is a good thing, isn't it? Actually, just, you know, pro tip. Um, yeah, just before bed, turn the screens off, um, sit quietly in a room, dim the lights, turn the heating up. You know. And read The Shining by Stephen King. <laughs> yeah, that. Of that. No, don't do, don't do that one. Um, but, uh, but we, I mean, our stories are great. Or they can't, you know, good stories are great. Um, and there is a real, um, shared experience going through a story together. Um, and I think what's, uh, what is different about, you know, some people say, well, I want to just watch a movie or watch a TV series. I think in defense of books and reading out loud, um, there is something, isn't there about that, which without a screen, you are forced to use your imagination yeah uh and so you, and, and a good story will will just engage with you in a way that is just very different to a movie or tv series i mean no no one ever comes out of a movie going oh that was better than the book <laughs> um yeah, there there is, isn't there? there there is something about engaging with a narrative um, and a, a kind of a world that has been constructed within that narrative, which just kind of sets the senses off and kind of draws you in. Um, when, when you're hooked on a book, you just can't you can't put it down. Um, and having those kind of shared experiences is great. Um, it's a it's just a, it's just a really fun thing to do. But but I think it goes deeper than that, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it, the imagination thing I think is is vital, isn't it? I think we we want to encourage our children's imagination um, for a number of reasons. I think firstly, it enables them to uh, go beyond themselves mm. um, to make sense of things beyond themselves, which immediately becomes vital when it comes to the Christian faith and, and imagining something more, imagining something better. Um, I, I think I've said in the, I might've said in the past, my view on imagination is that it, it's like worldview glue. It enables them to see how the pieces begin to fit together. Um, and so some of the best stories will actually provoke questions from them. So we read a book by a uh, non-Christian book uh, by a guy called Ross Welford called The A Thousand-Year-Old Boy, about a boy who'd been living aged, I think, nine for a thousand years. And of course, uh, all his nine-year-old friends grow up and grow older and grow beyond the friendship and so there's a real question of, okay, what, what, what actually is this a good thing? What, what's it like? How, how do friendships work? Um, and, and those kind of questions, which really only come out of um, long form kind of narrative like that, 
that enables them to begin to kind of make sense of themselves and the world and, uh, and you know, whether there's something bigger and more. Mm. So do you find yourself um, having conversations about the books you're reading outside of story time? Sometimes, often not. Often they'll simply, uh, often it'll be they'll, they'll be trying to guess the ending um and and uh, which which again kind of raises other you know brings forth other quite kind of conversations from them you know why do you think it might go that direction why do you think it might not or you know so it can it tends to be in the moment but sometimes yeah it'll it'll pop up later and they'll uh, they'll want to talk about it but that's not that's not something you deliberately try and do you don't kind of have a kind of dad-splaining moment you know at some point in the future you don't kind of deliberately provoke with questions you just you allow them the narrative to, to do that work and i don't i mean i think there can be a danger can't there if you turn bedtime story into kind of dad's sermonic you know dad's mini sermon time or whatever rather than just allowing the the story to stand but i mean you know with certain books i'll mention one in a moment you know i think that's possible mm. well, go, well go on um yeah move on what, what give us an example then of a book that, that's kind of sparked particular conversation? Uh, so there have been a couple of Christian ones recently, which have been quite useful. One is, um, which I think you've read as well, and maybe uh, quite popular at the moment, The Wing Feather Saga by Andrew Peterson, which I think quite singularly has been the most exciting, uh, brilliant uh, kind of book, set of books that we've ever read together in terms of its beauty and its storyline. Um, and and just kind of raising those aha moments where you see the the clear gospel links um, coming through, but not in a obvious way, in a very subtle way. And then there's another set which we're just reading through at the moment by a guy called Luke Aylan, um, which are the uh, Adventures in Presadia. Starts with the mirror and the mountain, uh, and it's about this the, a boy and a girl who go through a mirror into another world. And it, the first one's based on the book of James. So there, there are questions at the end in terms of you know talk about you know the, the tongue. This dragon has a tongue that it can't control. You know uh, how does that fit? And then you know so so there are books like that which which actually the, the connections with uh, the Christian life and faith are, are very obvious and, and easy to make yeah i, mean, I think so, so for we, we we tried the wing feather saga right a couple, a couple of years ago um, um but it just didn't quite didn't just didn't get going um i think it, it's worth persevering to the end of book one if because I, I felt that and then at the end of book one there's one of those moments where you just go oh wow yeah yeah um, but so for for us, the series that has, I guess, prompted that yeah the, those moments. We we can't really have a you know a, a pod on bedtime story reading without going down the Narnia route, um, which it, which remains the benchmark, I think. Um, into, <laughs> but, oh, I don't know. The horse and his boys. <laughs> oh, don't get me started on that one. Well, yeah. you say get me started, and I'll I'll convert you. Ah, you won't. I will, <laughs> I, but um, but yeah, just just the, and actually the thing the thing that uh, and the thing that's great about Narnia actually is not necessarily the the biggest stories. It's the little moments, isn't it? It's the little bits where um, you just get a little bit of Lewis wordsmithery. 
that and 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 that just explains you know oh that's how prayer works uh, oh i see you know when Luton talking about aslan as being this great wonderful lion but of course he's not safe but he's good you know all those those are the it's i think with not is those little you get those little moments you, which is which just kind of help um i guess point to the grand narrative but the the, the, yeah, the biggest narrative there is um uh, in our lives which is the gospel uh the story of creation fall redemption restoration actually uh, any story that we'll read in the evening will be comes under that eventually doesn't it somehow yeah i think that's right isn't it and um uh, uh i think it was christopher booker kind of wrote the kind of seven basic plots that you know uh, whether it's a, a salvation your know, rescue plot or whether it's a kind of journey plot back and forth they they all are kind of longing somehow mm. for the biggest story of uh, of 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 what it means for God to come and you know rescue His world and call a people for Himself, um, and even when, even when there are books which, you know, I hate to say get things wrong, <laughs> actually, even those are times where we want to go. Actually, let we need to talk about this. I think I mentioned it before. I love, love, love reading. Um, the Laura Ingalls Wilder Little House in the Prairie books, just because they open this kind of vast vista of um, what it meant to live as a pioneer kind of a couple hundred years ago. And yet there are moments in there where they're very racist towards the Native Americans. And I have to stop and say, we need to talk about this. Uh, what, you know, what do you think of Ma's comments about, about the Indians? You know, uh, let, let's talk. Um, and so there are always going to be things to talk about with our kids coming out of it. Uh, we read, um, I have read some of the David Williams stuff, uh, which I personally can't stand, but the kids wanted to read them. So we read them, some of them. And again, having to stop and say, what do you think of his portrayal of actually of poor people living in a tower block or of the Asian shopkeeper? Um, you know, and being able to talk to them about through that can be quite quite formative, I think. Yeah, and actually there is something, again, we keep coming back to this, don't we, but time with our kids engaging in the world that they're inhabiting. Um, I mean, I think David Wallen's books are a, a clear, a great example because they, you know, every, every primary school in the country is full of them. Mm. Um, our kids are engaging with David Wallen's literature, whether we want them to or not. Um, it's actually better better that we do it with them um uh, and help them to see you know the bits that are funny and enjoyable but also yeah but that's slight and, and just helping them to think and engage and um i guess develop a kind of a in all the best sense of the word a kind of a, a critical mind as they're reading these things and engaging with story I think it's really helpful, um, which kind of leads us on a little bit to how do you choose what books to read? Well, I mean, do you have any, what's your decision-making pro process on that? Well, I think, so often we have rarely read stuff with our kids that we haven't got a decent knowledge of okay. ourselves um, or, or either that or it's come very highly recommended by people that we know and trust who have, who have, who have read it. Um, so, uh, and I think I would deliberately want to kind of 
try and read a breadth of stuff. Mm. Um, I want to read stuff that's going to scare them, that's going to make them sad, um, that's going to kind of maybe push them to places where, not that they're uncomfortable, but, you know, just because that's what, that's what good stories should do, I think. Uh, um, it might change when you read stuff. I mean, I think there were certain scenes in The Hobbit that we didn't read just before bed, you know. Here we go. Let's have the scene where the ogres nearly eat, nearly eat everybody. Um, is it ogres? I forget. No, it's trolls, isn't it? Oh, I forget which mythical creature it was. Anyway, you know, but that wouldn't have been that wouldn't have gone down well with our daughter, you know. And now off to bed, as we think about, you know. Uh, so we kind of have to, you know, have, have to think about those kind of things, um, but also kind of books that would um, just engage them with a like a, a completely different culture to one that they've experienced themselves. So we, in lockdown one, uh, we read a book called Where the Red Fern Grows, uh, which is a, um, um, a, a classic US uh, novel, sort of 50 years old. It's kind of a, a standard book that kids in the States would read in school. It's set in... Um, uh, middle of nowhere in America, in the Ozark Mountains, uh, about a little boy growing up in a cabin, hunting raccoons with his dogs. Hmm. Um, uh, and it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and I, 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 won't, I, I, was, uh, I, won't, I won't spoil the ending, um, but the last couple of chapters, we were all in tears just weeping and weeping. <laughs> so that's where the red fern grows. That where the red beautiful. fern grows, yeah. And just, again, but completely different kind of culture. You know, 50 years ago in the Ozark Mountains, poor family, no money, living in a cabin, hunting raccoons with his couple of faithful hounds. You know, it just just to take them somewhere else, you know, outside of themselves, just to kind of help them just to see bigger than their kind of experience, I think. I. I, I try and be led by my kids mostly. So if there's something they're excited about reading, um, I'll read it to them. Um, I'll suggest stuff and see if they get excited. Um, so we've done, um, uh, so we had an influx of asylum seekers at our church and I just kind of felt that they needed to think through that. So we read uh, The Boy in the Back of the Class by Jali Roof, I think is how you pronounce her name, which is beautiful. Uh, we read... Um, uh, the War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. I think if it's something that they want to that they want to read, they'll put up with something a little bit harder. Yeah. Um, last little thing, I think. Um, we I, I know quite a few dads, dads who might be listening, who who actually just struggle with reading, don't like reading, uh, don't have confidence reading. Uh, what any advice for them then? Well, audiobooks. Audiobooks are great. Um, a, a, you could use them before bedtime, but also long car journeys. Audiobooks, it passes the time. If you, if, um, I mean, Stephen Fry reads the Harry Potter uh, audiobooks if, you're, if you want to get into Harry Potter, and he reads them brilliantly. Um, uh, I mean, to go through the whole series would take you about 40 weeks, I think. It's just it's hours and hours and hours of, uh, of audio. Um but yeah, get get someone else to do the reading. Get someone else, you know, sit and cuddle up on the sofa and enjoy um, someone who knows what they're doing, read the story. Um, I think, yeah, that'd be absolutely fine. Uh, super. Um, uh, just try it. 
uh, try different things, find what your kids love, um, share those experiences together. I kind of, I, did, I do recommend it as a, as, as such a good time uh, to, to spend with your kids as a dad. The, the years are short. Mm. So in, in, why not enjoy them in a, in a great story? Well, that's just about all we've got time for today. Thank you so much again for joining us. Um, uh, do get in touch at everydaydadding at gmail.com. I think it would be good to, maybe to put some book reviews on our website um, uh, at everydaydadding.com. Uh, do keep an eye out for them, particularly if you've missed the titles that we've perhaps recommended. Honestly, I could talk about good books to read with our kids uh, for another kind of eight episodes, but we won't inflict that on you. Um, but do why not email us and let us know what, you've enjoyed reading uh, what you might recommend maybe we'll come back to this uh, in another week um, but for this particular podcast it's uh, goodbye from me that's goodbye from me